I'm sorry, are we still talking about corn or are we talking about my Friday nights? Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery with your hosts, Jess of Jess Build It, Colton of Cold Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Designs. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now for episode 26, Tombstone. Today we have a special guest, Brayton Bokes of Little Bug Woodworking and the Sawdust Podcast. Sawdust Talk Podcast. My bad. Brayton. Sawdust Talk, baby. <laughs> What's up, Welcome. Brayden? What's going on, guys? Man, Brayden, I... It's literally right there. Yeah, it's, it's backwards. <laughs> it I, was, I, was reading, I was reading the screen on the other side, so... Uh, Man, ever since you agreed to come on this podcast, I've been so excited to have you, brother. I really Aww, have. That's I, nice. I, I've been thinking of questions, writing them down, man. Um, I got about two so far. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can but, <laughs> I cannot wait to disappoint. Oh yeah. That's the spirit. Bring it on. Where is oh, it where dude. is it that you live again? Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, uh, that's right. That's right. Fun fact, Nebraska is the only quadruply landlocked state in the entire country. It takes four that's, states before I find water. Quadruply wow. landlocked, man. That's an interesting fact. I like yeah. that. You do have the um, what is it? The baseball college baseball World Series is in Omaha. We do. Yep, the College World Series is here. We also are home to a bunch of Fortune 500 companies, Berkshire Hathaway. The bouncing back and forth between highest ranked zoo bounces between us and San Diego. Mm. So we just got electricity last year. We're really excited which about is, that. Which is nice. Which is which <laughs> was good for nice. the podcast. Yeah. 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 Actually, oh, strangely yeah. enough, speaking of zoos, the Cincinnati Zoo was rated the worst zoo in America, and it turns out they only have one animal. It's a dog. It's a shit zoo. Where's my sound effects? Oh, <laughs> Brayden, are you, you big on corn, too? You know, eat a bunch of canned corn I, or- I've been known to I've been known to enjoy a little corn here or there. I uh I it's can't corn. keep enough popcorn. There you go. <laughs> I can't oh, keep yeah. enough popcorn at home. Man, Crystal, uh, my wife, uh, she can't keep enough popcorn here either. Man, we love it. But um, oh, well, how about elotes? Y'all get that up there? Like uh, it's like a Mexican style corn. Um, we'll do oh, either the on the cob or in a cup. Yeah, ba- the, street corn. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, basically, it's got like a lot of like. It's like a really cream corn with like I don't know, basically mayonnaise and like spices. It, no, it's, and stuff it, 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 it's got the um, chipotle la spices. Crema. It's got la crema, which is a uh, a butter based cream, and then it's Ooh. got uh, lime squeezed on it as well. Oh man! So, Sorry, are we still hey. talking about corn, or are we talking about my Friday nights? <laughs> hmm. There we go. Man, we could talk food forever. Sometimes that's how we it could. starts. Oh, dude. I made Actually, some pizzas the other day that were like unbelievable. I had an epic sandwich today. I, it was a meatball madness sub, and it had three kinds of peppers and jardinera on there, melted oh, yeah. provolone. Mm. The jardinera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a reason I'm fat, and it's delicious. So we started We started making pizzas. So, like, you can go to Publix um, or any grocery store, really, and get dough, like, already yep. made. Like, they make it that day, and I'll buy the pre-rolled pizza dough from Publix. It's, like, three bucks. And then I don't put any sauce. I just put butter and minced garlic. Uh, I make like a like a paste, like butter, minced garlic, Italian seasoning, salt, pepper, and red pepper flake, and put that on the crust. Cover it in mushrooms and broccoli. 
of all things, broccoli and mozzarella, bake it at 400 for like 20 minutes. It is unbelievable and you don't feel bad eating it. And I make it like uh, two inches thick. It's really, really Child, good. Child, who hurt you? Ooh, it is I so had good. no idea where that was going it at is all so good. at any my, point. Yeah. My wife had a flatbread with broccoli at this restaurant and I was like, that's really good with mushroom, Bella mushrooms. And so we started making them at home and it cost me like nothing to make it. And we can't even finish. I mean, we, we just finished it off tonight. It takes two days for both of us to eat it. So hmm. yeah, that's good. So anyway, welcome to the uh, the podcast, Braden. What's uh, what's exciting in the world of of you? I mean, obviously multiple ventures. The way all of us are kind of of venturing out. But as we were talking before this, we all met at WorkbenchCon, and I believe you met two thirds of us. I don't know if you and I met, and if we did, it was in passing at WorkbenchCon. Did we probably? Meet? I, I I shook a lot of hands. I kissed a lot of babies. I was wondering why the babies were there. But, I did the opposite. Um, kissed a lot of babies, shook a lot of, you know, whatever. <laughs> shook but, the babies like a British nanny. Yeah. I met Jess, like, right away. Like, yeah. as soon as we got there, we were, Dan uh, of Daniel Dunlap's Woodworks and I were at the, we were at the hotel bar, and Jess's wife walked up, and we started talking to her, and then she pointed out him, and we're like, "Get over here, we're friends now." And proceeded to sit, and I think we all had dinner at that point. Yeah, it was bought you drinks. Chaos. You bought me drinks. It was great. That's right. Yeah. And then Colton, we met at like four thirty in the morning. Yeah, and Sounds I'm pretty about sure right. we were we were uh, inebriated. Yeah, Sounds about but right. that cornhole came up. And yeah, it was yeah, it was we, like cornhole guys just sensed each other. I'm like the dude with like the curly hair, kind of mullet looking thing. Like that dude does cornhole. <laughs> he probably has corn. He probably does corn. <laughs> he has <laughs> a cornhole. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, we uh, the cornhole force was strong with us. And, uh, so it, it, we, it drew us together. Yep, it was yeah. like in uh, it was like in that movie. We just did like the uh, power hand grab, and then we talked cornhole for <laughs> proud of you and. Exactly. Everybody but, else was like, "We we're here. We do woodworking. Like, get out of here, you guys." Yeah. Oh, dude. So, are you ready for uh, for Halloween? You, you do some I Halloween do. stuff, right? Like uh, some of the jack lantern boxes and things. So, I made some jack lantern boxes, and I sold a couple. I haven't made enough to like advertise, and it's it's a shame because I actually bought my CNC entirely based on seeing the jack-o'-lantern projects where you could just do like cedar fence picket jack-o'-lanterns. And here I'm going on my second year and I actually know how to run the CNC and I feel like I just don't have enough time to batch out a hundred freaking jack-o'-lanterns this year. Like I'd rather yeah. just focus on other stuff. So what kind I of have some making those out of a oh, side cut you off, but cedar fence pickets cedar. like four nice. bucks and I can get two or three of them out of a, out of a picket and I'll just line them all up down the, down the fence, down the CNC, yeah. Oh, down, yeah. Down the- Dude, that that guy, uh, Tony, I used to work with, uh, like early on in the shop. He uh, he would make them out of the cedar as well, and um, I, I, I guess that really helps it too for lasting longer outside. Do you put like a poly finish on it, or do you paint them or anything? Nope, I just leave them raw, and I tell people, hey, it's cedar. You know, it should be okay. Don't let it get yeah rained on, but should be fine. It's good enough for a fence. It should be good enough for your front porch. Let's say, I mean, they make fences out of it. Yeah, it's meant to be outdoors. Nice, man. You, you cutting those out with like an eighth inch bit? Yep. 
So Perfect. just something small enough to get down. But I thought about V carving them, but then it, you know, it, it just gets weird. So yeah, just, well, with, with V carve, uh, especially using fence pickets, sometimes, you, as you know, you get the little warp in them. Right. Um, yeah. The, the V, the V bit definitely gets affected by that a lot, but yeah. And sometimes with the V bit, you got to like come in and sand the little edges of everything around all where you cut in. And um, yeah, anytime you're 2d, just going straight through. I love it, man. I feel you on that. So I actually have a question with regards to the podcast side. I mean, clearly our tens of listeners feel that this is the greatest podcast they have ever heard. <laughs> hands down. Yeah. Hey, but, we're, 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 we've been at more than tens. And we're, and we're oh, three no. of them. We're good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if, if somebody has not heard the Sawdust Talk podcast, what would you say differentiates it than the myriad of other woodworking podcasts out there? So that one's that one's pretty easy for me because I'm you know I'm friends with the guys at another woodshop podcast like I'm, you know I know people from that do podcasts and they all have these these massive followings and huge accounts and all that and they focus on larger accounts in in the community the thing that sets Sawdust Talk apart and this is this was created by design by Kyle Brewer the guy that started it is we focus on we like having the bigger accounts, but we really focus on smaller accounts. We don't have like a, you have to have 5,000 followers before you can be on. We don't, we don't even talk about demographics. We, we've got a couple people that are under a thousand that just got started that we've had as guests. So because it's on Instagram live, which I just hate, it's, it's such a bad <laughs> platform, but because it's, it's so accessible, it's accessible to, newer woodworkers in the industry or in the community it's accessible to people that just want to view it um ever since we branched out and we started putting episodes on like spotify and other platforms it's gotten even more accessible but it is it's just an easy to consume podcast and we don't have set questions we basically just follow the lead of the guests and what they want to talk about so it's a pretty open platform well, I love the aspect of the Instagram live where you can have live questions from listeners. And uh, I don't know. That, that, that's pretty pretty slick. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed being on it that one time. <laughs> I love I, everything about it except just Instagram live and their way of handling lives is just yeah. – it's just rough. Like there, I'm, I'm well, looking mother for likes it, better – Better, <laughs> better platforms, but other than yeah. that, I wouldn't change a thing. No, I, I feel like uh, at least the last handful of them. Uh, every time I listen to you guys on uh, oh Spotify, like say I, I miss it on the Wednesday, and I, I have to listen to it later on Spotify. It uh, it always starts off with like, well, let's see if Instagram's going to work with us today. And uh, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, last time it dumped our, all of our stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, we've had problems with uh, different platforms, recording platforms. Um, right now we're on R- Riverside, which I'm a big fan of. It's uh, It's been going well for me, which Ross does all of our editing and things. So he's really the, the true tell on if it's a good platform. It's but, been pretty uh, easy to work with. So What was that one we worked with before? It starts with an L. Uh, Libsyn. 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 Yeah. It cut out a lot. Yeah, it yeah, was, we, it was l- lame is what that we was. Had to, <laughs> We had to repeat uh, an interview before because yeah. we lost all the audio, and 
or lost like one track of the auto audio and it didn't work after that. So no, no, but it, neither here nor there. So how much of your focus uh, is devoted to your personal page versus the podcast page? Are you trying to grow them simultaneously? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Sawdust Talk, I kind of took over an existing platform and then just was able to build on an, an existing platform, which that was really, really nice. Um, and a lot of our viewers come in not necessarily from following Sawdust Talk itself, but they come in to see their, like the people that they care about. So like when we had Jimmy Duresta on, we had a lot of Jimmy Duresta followers. And then when we had, mm-hmm. you know, Colton, we had a lot of Colton followers. Um, <laughs> oh. So... We had like ten whole people on that episode. It was awesome. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> wait, I, I, what was your your peak like current streaming number with Jimmy Duresta? I saved this actually, but I think we were in the thousands. Like no over the hour, way. we had we had over a thousand individual exposures, and so that was pretty impressive. Yeah, well, because no, normally you're at least. Uh, 16 to 20 like current like at that current time and i'm sure right. people are coming and going which I, I know i've been one of the come and goers right like uh i'll come in and then i'll get a phone That's call or, something or gotta leave and then I'll, like, i was right, thinking I'll the same thing <laughs> <laughs> and, and to clarify uh, with jimmy dressa concurrent we peaked out at like 78 or 80 for peak at one moment but over the span of the hour we had in the thousands that popped in and popped out hmm. man was that, cool. that was a good interview, too. I, I enjoyed that interview. Jimmy's such a cool guy. And he's, yeah. like, at WorkbenchCon, going up to him, he's, I I psyched myself up that, like, here's this guy. He he's does TV. He's he's Jimmy friggin' DeResta. And then you just walk up, and he's just, he's just a normal guy. Like, he just loves the community. He loves woodworking. He loves making. And he is just so excited to share that and share in other people's stuff. Like he asked what I was working on. I'm like, what do you care? You're Jimmy friggin' Duresta. I want to know what you're doing. And he's yeah. just such a down to earth guy. Man, I, I liked on y'all's inter- interview with him that um, how you went into like his history and things. Like uh, that was stuff I didn't know. That was pretty cool. It was Speaking cool because. Go ahead. I was gonna Go say ahead. it was cool because like the week before or the week prior to that, we had uh, Dave from. 3D DIY Dave. Oh, I and, was the week prior. So, okay. So, uh, 3D DIY Dave. I think he was the week after uh, Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whenever they were. Uh, but we got to find out through his interview that he and Jimmy were like within 20 feet of each other at the school that Jimmy worked at for several years before they even knew about each other. So, it's just kind of cool seeing the links hmm. between all the episodes. Yeah. What is it? Three degrees or six degrees of difference between Kevin Bacon. Yeah, something like Mm -hmm. that. Bacon. Yeah. So my question is, uh, speaking of history, what? How did you get your start in all of this for our listeners? Like, where where did this whole social media thing and everything start? Well, the woodworking too, right? Yeah, the woodworking. Are going with that, Jess? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I got start. My story is not. It's not that exciting. It's uh. It's very similar to a lot of people's. COVID happened. I couldn't do anything with my other hobbies. I, I have uh, Jeep Wranglers. I used to off-road a lot. 
Um, and I couldn't do anything with them because I couldn't go out. I couldn't get parts and the parts I could get were super expensive. So I thought, well, I might as well work around the house, start building some furniture. And then it just immediately spiraled out of control. Like immediately, Hey, Aretha, get your car. Aretha's my wife, get your car out of the garage. This is all my space. Now I'm taking it over. I'm building all this. And, uh, then I started building like cornhole boards and then I started taking pictures of it. And I thought, I could do something with it. It was kind of just, just fun to do for the longest time. And then I started realizing just how big the community was and how much I liked being part of the community. Um, I went to buy a zero clearance insert for my table saw and I pulled up, I remembered seeing them being sold on Etsy and I just Googled it. And the first Etsy listing was Daniel Dunlap. And I didn't realize that at the time, but when I looked at where it was shipping from, it said Bellevue, Nebraska, which is like literally right next to where I live. And so I just messaged him. I'm like, hey, I wanna, I'd want to, i like to order this. Um, can I just pick it up, save you some shipping, save you some hassle? And he said, yeah, sure, come on over. And showed up with a six-pack of beer, and we ended up talking for like five hours that evening. And Did I you just, forget to pick up your insert? I did not. <laughs> no, I got that. Uh, I got that. He gave me some bow ties. Um, and just, oh, I mean, he dude. just really, it was a really warm welcome. So, um, that's amazing. That was he he seems like a great dude. Well, I, I met him. Uh, I guess we, t- we had one conversation at WorkbenchCon, but, um, but yeah, outside of that, he, he seems like a great dude. But. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. He's super nice. And he's super involved with trying to give back to the community. And like, he's just, yeah, I don't know. He's just Dan. He's just my buddy. Hell yeah. So that's actually one of my nuggets I've had before is um, like picking up tools from like I, I, a lot of my tools in my shop are still from like Facebook Marketplace, right? And like Craigslist and things like that. But I guess mostly f- probably Facebook Marketplace. And, um, you know, here in Houston, we got a pretty good selection of woodworkers getting rid of their stuff. And what is it? Whenever, anytime I go, especially if it's an older guy, um, like I'll talk until he's ready to not talk to me anymore. And I learned so much from that. And, um, which, I mean, I haven't really followed up with any of those guys, but, um, like you have, but, but yeah, getting to learn from, from someone who's done it before, especially if they're a digit short or half a digit short, if they're at uh, nine and a half, <laughs> yeah, they, they probably got some good stuff to learn. Yeah. So, so bring like that to- I'd like actually, to learn what happened there. That's that's what I'd like to learn from you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I actually wanted to, to ask. Obviously, you said you started kind of during COVID. Is there a you, you had a table saw, and it looks as if you have a a decent CNC machine behind you. Um, are you mostly focused on the CNC side now? Are you going more into like traditional woodworking stuff? What, what's your mix in there? I just wing it. I'm going to be honest. I like, I just like tools. I like building. I'm not super picky on how I do it. Uh, a lot of what I do is a lot of CNC and laser work. Um, just, I think it's, it's really cool. And the CNC is just, it's amazing how much, how much you can do with a CNC that you can't necessarily do, or you can't do quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, it lets me, it's essentially giving me a, an employee that doesn't have to take, you know, 
federally mandated breaks or I don't have to pay dental to. So, um, yeah, you just got to oil it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I was saying before everybody got on, like I would absolutely, I'd bash it in my own head if I had to build another set of cornhole board frames, but instead I can take a quarter sheet of plywood, stick it on there and it'll, it'll spit it all out for me and I can focus <laughs> on something more interesting over in the rest of the shop. So how much of your business is the cornhole side versus any other projects? Are you almost entirely cornhole based? Uh, shockingly, no. This year, I've been kind of down on cornhole boards. Last year, I did 40 to 50 sets. Um, this year, I think I've done I'm five, like five or six sets. And four of them were this last week. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it's just been kind of a quiet summer. So I've been focing on larger furniture pieces, custom pieces, mm-hmm. um, and well, I've been focusing stuff, on yeah, that's the stuff that I I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then I've been getting into some corporate stuff. So a lot of stuff with like laser work that is corporate based. So a lot of logo engraving, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't love it because it's exciting, but I love it because as long as I set up a jig, take an hour, set up jigs, set up everything. I can basically just plow through 300 or something and I don't have like, it's just, it's a decent way to bring some income to the shop. Yeah. And is yeah. It, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Ross. I was going to ask if this was your full time. I was going to ask what kind of laser you're doing. What kind of laser you got? So I have a off off laser two, which is essentially a laser pointer on a gantry. Um, and then for this most recent, um, corporate job that I did, I borrowed my buddy's X tool and he has a 10 watt X tool. And it was the difference between my laser would take 16 and a half ish minutes to laser engrave these little puzzle boxes I was doing. The X tool would do the same exact thing in about a minute and 40 seconds. Yep. I hit the point where I just didn't even turn on my laser. I just just plowed through it with the X tool. So I'm in the process of ordering something bigger. Hmm. So I, I am wanting to order something bigger. Um, I'm not sure (laughs) that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have seen like X tools, popular brand. Um, but so right now, like on my original X carve, so, you know, I got, I got the, uh, the little 30 inch, 32 inch, uh, X carve, the, I guess you call it the thousand millimeter X carve. And then I got the uh, X-Carve Pro about a year ago. And um, that one's a four-foot bed. And my little laser, I have the JTEC attachment for the X-Carve. And honestly, it was a really great step into uh, laser work. You know, it's a, I think it's seven and a half watt. And, but yeah, it's slow. And like, it, honestly, if I go too fast, it'll shake the the actual laser itself and you'll get some wavy lines and i've been really wanting to upgrade the laser and i'm just trying to find the best way to do it because i'm not positive on the brands out there so let me know whenever you you get your laser and i'll probably copy you so that's kind of where i'm at i've been trying to i'm at the point where i'm not as much as i'd like to jump into like laguna or thunder or like some of the you know the u.s based brands I just am not at the point where I can pull the trigger on how much they cost. So I'm in kind of like the OM tech Monport kind of budget. So I'm at a point where I'm just trying to, I've been trying to 
work one of or the two of them down into giving me a deal because at this point I'm an influencer. I should absolutely get things for free and or <laughs> yep. discounted. Yep. Um, I got to start asking for stuff. I don't yeah, exactly. ask for anything. <laughs> what, what's the What's the worst that could ever happen? Oh, they, they say, say no. no, and you yeah. buy it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I exactly. think. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I think we're also in a interesting spot with there too, because like whenever you're buying like the Lagunas or the more expensive lasers, right? A lot of times they are using those to cut through plywood, mm-hmm. and we we don't need that, right? We already have a CNC, right? And so we can do a transfer from the CNC much easier than like having to burn through plywood or whatever kind of wood. And yeah. So I, I feel you on that. Like, I, I'm like, I don't, I was hoping to get like a hundred watt. Like I was trying to get a hundred Watts. Um, they sell those bulbs at, at, at Lowe's. They're only about yeah. four bucks. They even have them in led now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh really? Oh, the yeah. 400 watt equivalent. <laughs> in LED. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. about five, six Watts. So I have a question. So if you were going to give a recommendation to someone that was going to go out and buy a like a CNC around like four by four or so, five by four, and for their first one, but they don't want to necessarily have to upgrade right away, right? They want it to move pretty quick and or one that's also a laser. What would you recommend? So one, one finity. Right in the back. I, so I have a one finity CNC, and I'm gonna I'm gonna separate that question. Get away from me, fly. I'm gonna separate that question into the the laser portion and the CNC portion. In terms of a CNC, uh, I have the one finity journeyman. I can never remember. I've got the 32 by 48 one. It was the biggest one that they had at the time, and oh, it, it is 48 long. It, it's not like the same. Um, yeah, it's 48 wide. wide. Yeah, 48 wide, 32 deep. The Elite oh, really that they cool. announced uh last year, they have an option for a four, for a 48 by a 48 model. And it has a Masso controller. It has um closed loop stepper motors, um, as opposed to the ones that that the not elite model has. They're uh it basically uses a uh, stall homing for getting into bigger words that i don't necessarily know but um but in terms of like just actual devices and the customer service and and everything the onefinity guys are fantastic i love this machine everybody that i know that has one has loved it uh dan runs two and he runs he's a full-time woodworker and he does it in like production levels it's running all the time Hmm. so that's what i would recommend so in the laser I so Onefinity offers a JTEC attachment to where you can put I think up to a 24 watt laser on. I yeah. don't want to give up the I don't want to give up my ability to run the CNC to run a laser. I want two separate devices that do both things exactly how they're supposed to. So I'm looking at a standalone like 80 watt laser to do all my laser work. But it's nice being able to have something cutting back here and then be customizing it with the laser somewhere else. So I like having separate hmm. devices if you have the space. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, me and Braden are kind of on opposite teams here on this. Like, uh, you know, Your I'm team Edward? X-Carve. I'm 
<laughs> I, I'm Inventables X Carve, right? And uh, he's one finny. Which um, now that I've seen the one finnies, they do look really good. Um, I, I think the the X Carve Pro is kind of a different level. Like it's also different level price wise too. But like with the ball screw in it. But um, as far as my starter CNC, I would have. Or like the first one I got, I, I would have rather gone with the the one finity. And um I was also like whenever I bought the uh, X Carve Pro, I would have gone with the Axis one. Because they, they have one that's like a huge bed. I think they had like a four by eight bed for like a couple grand. And um like it was o- only thing that kept me from it is that I needed it like like tomorrow or like yesterday. Really, and I, uh, they had like a six month wait on it on the Axis one, and so I ended up just biting the bullet on the Xcarve Pro. But I do think it's probably overpriced for what you're getting. But um, for what I got though, I, I really love it. Like I can take a quarter inch down cut bit and run it at like 260 inches per minute and 280 like through birch plywood. And it, it runs great, but I don't know. I, I haven't messed with the one finity enough. I, I did talk to the one finity guy at X, uh, workbench con for a good bit. And, uh, he actually has my sticker on his, uh, his controller. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Hamilton Dillbeck. That's, that, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I that think that was his, yeah, that was his elite. That was at, at workbench. Yeah. It was like, all the big timber stuff. Oh, I was like, dude, do you mind if I like put it like right here? Like it was like right on top. Like, you know, there's like the little border around his screen. And I was yeah. like, do you mind if I put this like right here? And he was like, do it, dude. And I was like, all right. Well, it'll be interesting if he ever brings it back out. Uh, for brings it out next year. If uh, if my sticker's still there <laughs> or if he peeled it off some Gugon or something. But so yeah. uh, uh, I have two questions. First of all, uh, Braden, are you going out to Maker Camp? I am. That's Hell in like, yeah. shoot, two days, three days. Yeah, you're leaving soon for that. Uh, Colton will be joining you there. Jess yep. and I, unfortunately, still have jobs we have to partake in. But yeah. uh, my, my follow-up question was actually going to be, all of us obviously were, were newbies last year at WorkbenchCon, and I've been really excited to go back because I feel like even since WorkbenchCon, I have met so many people in the community, as you talked about, that now say they're going to be there. And it literally just sounds like a big friend reunion more than anything else. I'm like, I'm excited. There's a couple people that I'm like, oh my God, I really want to learn what they're going to say. I just really want to hang out with everybody. So my question to you is going to be, what are you most looking forward to for Maker Camp and or upcoming Workbench Con? I am super pumped for Maker Camp because... I've I've always just kind of assumed that Maker Camp was like the fun one and Workbench Con was like the business one. Not to say it's not fun, but like work play. Like this is a vacation from our jobs because yeah, there's no cell service. At one. Yeah. The other one's yeah. in a hotel, yeah. Yeah, there's like there's no cell service at one, so all of us, you know, influencers on the internet literally have to detox a little bit. <laughs> um and then you've got Workbench Con where it's you know, it's it's work. Um so I, I like that. So I'm really excited to honestly just hang out with the community at Maker Camp. Uh, I 
almost went last year, but it was like right when I had met Dan and Nick Brim and like all these people. And I just wasn't super ready to go fly to a different time zone with a stranger from the internet yet. Like it just didn't, it went against everything my parents taught me. <laughs> uh, so I waited till April and then I did it, but I, I'm just excited to get out there and relax and just kind of hang out with everybody. So, awesome. so, so this is your first, uh, maker camp. This is my first maker camp. Excellent. We're maker camp virgins. Let's do it. And Let's we'll, pop it. We'll, we'll help these two next year with it too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, the hard yeah. part is it's coming into October and for my day job, October through December, I literally have a major whiskey event every weekend starting this weekend all the way through the second weekend in December. Like I'm in every state and like just cranking whiskey. And most people would say maker camp will also be a major whiskey event because of how much is consumed. (laughs) But I actually need to sell it and just show up and drink it. So, uh, yeah. Wait, samples. Just bring samples. How hard do you think it'd be to get an Old Elk uh, distillery booth at Maker Camp? That's oh. an idea. Oh. oh I bet you think it'd empty out. Oh, <laughs> it, immediately if you let it. Yeah. Man. Oh. That, uh, maybe that, a sponsorship? Yeah, that's Sponsor something Maker we Camp? need to look at uh, for next year. There's not enough time in two days to pull it together. But not with that next attitude. year we can well, – <laughs> if I were going, it would be a different different story. Oh, but these, are, yeah. these are determined alcoholics, but you got to – I love it that you said that. I say that all the damn time. Yeah, <laughs> Tools and whiskey. Yep. See, uh, that, that was one thing that uh, – it was one of the first things I told Crystal uh, back like whenever I first called her after Maker Camp, right, and uh, when I was heading home. I was like, oh, my God, I love all these people. Like it's weird how similar we are and – I tell you what, there's a bunch of alcoholics in the group too. <laughs> like we, we all get along real great. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not proud, but I was at a point where I was just like, this is this goes against like everything that every single lesson about how you should interact with the world around you says to do. But I was literally just like drinking random cans that I was finding of like, oh, that looks like it's probably your beer, <laughs> and that's how you end like, up with the vid. Oh, oh man. Lord. We, we used to call that wounded soldiers. They like were the, close. They were closed. Uh, I was popping okay. my own things, okay. but like, They're, oh hey, okay. you've got one left. Hey, be my friend. I'm gonna borrow that. Or like over here. <laughs> yeah. I was mixing beers, yeah. seltzers. It was I found an entire case of white claw at some point. I was like, Ooh, good this is mine now. Yeah, <laughs> the go. table that Dan and I were at where uh you ran into us, we that was just a case of white claw we found. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Oh, I love that. Well, in the interest of keeping things rolling and and hopefully on a shortly or a slightly shorter episode length, uh, Jess, would you be willing to jump into the wood of the week? Wood of the week? Yeah. Uh, sure. Okay. It's MDF. <laughs> it's MDF. You know, that's not a bad idea. I should do that. <laughs> so I was well, watching. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off real quick. But I was listening to your guys' last week episode. And the Wood of the Week came up. And I was like, man, I sure hope that when, I, when I'm on there, they do something super easy that I know about, like pine. And then literally, <laughs> immediately, this is pine for this week. And I'm like, fuck, they're going to do something hard. No, I'm not. I'm not, actually. We're gonna, it's actually a softwood, so you're good. Uh, that's right. Because um, of the needles. Are you going to play the jingle? Uh, yeah, I go. just did. 
Oh, oh, I didn't hear it. Hold on. I uh, played it uh, uh, I as a star for myself. Well, wow. we'll do it now. Wow. 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 Oh, wow. 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 Sorry, right. I had it on preview mode. Wow. Wait, so, Brian, what's your best? Wow. Wow. So wow. I oh, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Ross has a better, uh, it's more experience with this wood than I do. I have a little bit of experience with this from some cabinets that I've dealt from with. College? Over, uh, no. From, uh, from some cabinets that uh, I've dealt with in the past, but it's cherry, American cherry, actually. Classic. So and it's actually called black cherry. Uh, American cherry is. We just call it cherry. There's a whole bunch of different kinds of what you would call cherry, I guess you suppose. It's a hardwood. It's kind of like in the middle, though. Like technically, it's about the same hardness as yellow pine. It's not much different. It's yeah. not that hard. It is a very soft wood. It is not that hard, and it is um, kind of boring. Boring looking to me. But there it is very little really well. It stains really well. And so they make a lot of cabinets with it. It's very easy to work. It's pretty, you know, durable. Uh, it doesn't rot and so on and so forth. So a lot of furniture, veneer, they make a lot of veneer out of it because it has such a tight grain, um, turned objects and things like that. Mostly, I, as from what I've seen cherry used in is things in furniture. Like instead of using poplar as like parts for underneath the table that you don't really ever see that they veneer the edges of, you know, they'll use cherry. Mm-hmm instead of poplar and um i see it a lot in like cabinet doors and stuff like that so i've never used it i've never liked the way it looks i I can't find a reason why unless somebody liked that really bland like no grain look to it but i have uh, some opposition to your current statements jess (laughs) well then maybe you should write the one of the way (laughs) i really did no 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 no, So I use cherry uh, a lot for charcuterie boards. Like a, uh, I'll, I'll buy as an, an accent uh, piece. No, no, just as the entire charcuterie board. Like uh, whenever I say charcuterie board, it's just a flat board, right? And you cut oh, it into a shape. I, yeah, I know what a charcuterie handle, board is. Laser or something on it. But, okay. Oh, oh, sorry, but not, not, oh, oh, you're saying as an accent piece in the home. So no, no. I thought you were saying well, as an accent piece, like to like the to the, the project. I was like, no, the whole project's made out of cherry. Okay, but no, he's so not I'll, pulling in between walnut. If that's what you were trying to say, that's Ross, what I was but, trying to say. But that's fine. Either way, keep going, Cole. Uh, You're on a roll. <laughs> so, okay. you, you, so you like it? So I do like it. I mean, uh, as far as like, uh, if you're going to use it for a cutting board and like wash it often, like I feel like cherry, it very quickly will get rough again, right? And, um, it, whenever I oil cherry for like a charcuterie board or cutting board or whatever, it, uh, I have to oil it a ton and like really sand it down. Cause, um, I've seen, uh, boards that I've done that have gone through one washing, like just hand washing in the sink. And then it gets like rough again. And it's like, Ooh, this needs to be sanded, you know? And like, yes, I did water pop it beforehand and everything, but, uh, as far as the interesting parts of it, though, like, uh, like yes, it doesn't have, like, real, in, like, intricate grain, but it does, like, sometimes you get, like, a little touch of sapwood on the side, you know, or, and then also it's already, like, a really red color, right? Or, like, it, it, it's not white, right? It's, like, a, a lightish Correct. red color. And so all you, all you have to do is oil it, oil this board, and you already have a colored board. Right. 
And like, cause you know, I would never put stain on anything that's going to be touching food. And I mean, besides the table, is there a food based stain? I never thought about that. There's gotta um, be. Don't know. Uh, right. If they dye rugs with food based stuff. I, I don't uh, think I will... water based stains food safe. Is it? I don't know. I don't well, you, they got to make some sort of food-based stain, though. Well, you could use – couldn't you use, uh, like, food dye? Wouldn't that work? You anyway. Could. Yeah. But I, I, well, you but can do anything you like. It'd probably be hard to get food dye consistent across the whole board, though. Right? Not with an attitude like that. <laughs> you know what? You're right, brother. You're, you're right. You're right. That's, uh, that, that is correct. But I – then also uh, in some of my glue ups, I'll use cherry as like a uh, intermediate wood, which I've considered not doing because of everything I've talked about before about it. Very, it, I feel like it's a sponge, right? And yes. yeah, it is very soft. Um, but um, I think in one of our very early episodes, you mentioned like you, you're trying to get us to guess a wood, and I guess cherry. And yes, technically it's not a soft wood, but it is soft. But yeah, that's my um, take. I, I was going to say what I heard more than anything as uh, uh, from the consumer side of like furniture and stuff, people think that cherry is a dark wood. They'll see like a piece of furniture that's like a reddish, like mahogany color or walnut. And they'll go, you know, like a cherry color. And I'm like, well, cherry's white. So I don't I do mean like like red. But you know what I mean, though? It's an yeah. ultralight wood, ultralight yes. wood. It's not a deep, rich color. No. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, and there was something else I was going to say, but anyway, that is, that is the wood of the week. So I don't know. It's, it's not very expensive, which is one thing that's nice about it. So, yes. um, I, I, if I was going to pick, I would pick maple over cherry where we made these cutting boards recently and the same size cutting board in Walnut, this, uh, uh maple one weighs twice as much. It's that much denser and harder. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, it's rock maple. So, um, you know, I think I would pick maple over over cherry, but well, for utility, yes. But as far as look, like maple's white. Like yes, maple is very white. Yeah, yeah. me like, too. Uh, soft maple, <laughs> soft maple's kind of a Likewise. pinkish color, but but hard maple's very very light colored. So anyway, that's the word of the week. All right, do we have a game right. show to to play a little this week? Sure, oh. absolutely. I thought it'd be Just, fun. Do you, to, think that, do you think that people get the like cherries really dark from like Jatoba, like Brazilian cherry? Like they they see that and they think that that's what cherry looks like. I think people just can just coincide the color of a dark red cherry with cherry oh. furniture. I think that's all there is to it. My mom and dad used to call it cherry, and I'm like, when I started doing woodwork, I'm like that. I, I like I want to buy some cherry and then I find it and I'm like wait a second because I didn't know any better and I think that's just where it comes from it's hmm. just that simple it, but it, it could darken up a decent bit whenever you oil it but or not, not dark, cherry dark. stain typically makes it much more like vibrant red but it like yeah. accentuates the red accent uh, or the red hints in the cherry wood okay so it is time for woodworking trivia all right Okay, so these questions are not that hard. Um, And so since last week, since it's pretty simple, we guys are going to let you guys go one at a time, right? We'll start with Colton, then we'll do Braden, then we'll do Ross, and so on and so forth, okay? All right. So question one, 
What is the primary use of a coping saw? Colton, is it A, ripping oh, don't large... Start with me on this one. <laughs> I already said I was going to start with you. Is it A, ripping large boards, B, cutting curves and intricate shapes, C, drilling holes, or D, smoothing surfaces? Intricate shapes. That oh, is okay. correct. All right. It is for cutting intricate shapes. So we actually talked about a coping saw last week. It's really great when you're doing crown mold yep. and you have a real rough corner. If you do a little miter and then cut the back off of it with a coping saw, it's like perfect. Yep. So, you can also do it with a jigsaw. I do not own a – Yeah, you uh, could do it with a jigsaw. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what you, you don't, a coping saw. What you don't want to do with a coping want. saw, though, is rip a board. It will take no. you forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Ross, some of that's yes, from experience. Yes. yes hey, so <laughs> not, not to change the subject, so I was gifted a um, – Coping saw? Uh, a, uh, well, yeah, a um, – a, um, what? why can't I think of the name of it? You know, the one that goes up and down? A and jigsaw? It's like no. That's Scroll like, saw? It's a table. Scroll saw. Yeah, I was gifted an old Delta scroll saw that works perfect, and it's all rusted, so I get to clean it up, and I got to nice. buy blades for it and stuff. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. We found it out in all this junk that's here. Okay, Brandon, are you ready? Braden. Uh, sorry, Braden. What is MDF, or what does MDF stand for? Is it A, multiple multi-dimensional fiber, B, multum? Okay, let's start over. What does MDF stand for? A, multi-dimensional fiber. B, medium-density fiberboard. C, molded design finish. Or D, modern dry fit. I think it's... The answer, oh, you I, think, I think the answer is definitely A, multi-dimensional. Uh, but no, it's B. <laughs> it is B, multi. That is correct. Uh, All right. Very good. Medium-density right. fiberboard. <laughs> it My also man. stinks when you cut it. Freaking. Medium density. Oh. I used to thought think it was multiple density fiberboard, but it is medium density. Okay, very good. It smells uh, real bad when you cut it. Yes, like, and some people are allergic to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. wear a respirator. Had, that's bad stuff. Yep. We had a guy that was cutting trim on a house that I was stuck in when I was a kid, and they bought MDF crown because it was real big. Yeah. And he started cutting it. His whole face swelled up. He went to anaphylactic shock. They had to get an ambulance and EpiPen him. It was Wait. Un- unbelievable. So why, why would someone be allergic to it? What, there's what formaldehyde it in it and all kind of nasty stuff in it. Oh. Yeah, it's it's real yeah. bad. It's not yeah. good. I, I, I don't know if that's still the case, but it was on that junk that they bought there. Okay. Well, speaking of EpiPens, did you guys know that Milwaukee came out with an EpiPen? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that it? it? Would probably. Slap a battery in. <laughs> wouldn't be worried about anaphylactic shock, would you? Okay. Just regular uh, no. old shock. It's an 18 gauge EpiPen. So, which tool is Ross? Which tool is used for shaving off thin layers of wood for a smooth finish? Of all people to get this question, is it A, a hand plane, B, a jigsaw, C, a lathe, or D, a scroll saw? It is A, a hand plane. That is correct. Very, very good. I also got one of those gifted to me that's all beat up. It has no name on it, so I've got to sharpen it. I'm going to buy one of those. Do you use one of those rolling things to hold the angle on uh, your stone? Yeah, so I have one of those as well. They work incredibly well. It just take, You have to keep track of like how many strokes you're using on each stone before that's you change it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a little bit more mentally 
uh, you have to keep count of it rather than just the the spin the the wheels for sharpening. However, right. I will say there is something very very cathartic and like freeing, if you will, for like all the intensity of a day to just sit there and like hand sharpen your blades. It makes you stop for like a half hour to forty minutes, and it's it's really really therapeutic. Nice. I think it's good that you're saying at the end of the day, too, because if, like, you need to do something, you're not going to do a good job at it. Like, mm-hmm. at the end, just take your time. Love do that. that. Love Either it. start yeah. or finish your day by sharpening your, your planes. It's very something, good. Something you can zone out on. Yep. Right? Yeah, Zen, like we'll start another podcast. Zen Woodworking. All right. Beautiful. All right. Uh, question number four. Four. For Colton. Now, this I Four for Colton. And I did not know the answer to this. So, um I'll get it. Here we go. Now, I want you to listen to the question very carefully. Very. Okay. What is the main ingredient in traditional wood glue? Is it A, epoxy, B, animal protein, C, synthetic resin, or D, polyurethane? Uh, Bravo. That is correct. Boom, baby. Yep. That is right. You know what? That's how I got through college was – Melting horses to make glue? Nope. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He killed horses to make glue. Oh, good. Being able to uh, limit down the the multiple choice answers. Mm. Mm. So I also heard that some old workers still like to use it. That's why they still make horse hide glue because you can heat it up and pull the joint back apart if you ever need to repair something. So that's that's a really nice thing. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Brayden is up for question five. Braid number five, which of these is a hardwood? Pine, fir, oak, or redwood? Oak. That is correct. Why did... Wait, is redwood oh, not a... No, it is no. not. But, no, uh, Braden, I have to ask, why did you say that in, like, a question-type form? You're like, <laughs> oak? So... I was trying to remember from last week the the leaves oh, and the pines, okay. and I was like, oak definitely has leaves, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking yes. the right oak, right? Yeah. That is right. Okay, there Ross. Fair question. Fair question. Ross, what is a veneer? Is it? It a is protective- a thin layer of of uh, wood that makes it look nice that is laminated onto a board. Close enough. It is a thin slice of wood. That is correct. Show off. Okay, that's right. He's he's getting the easy ones. The next thing's going to be about dovetails for him, I'm sure. All right, number seven. Which country, this is for Colton, which country is famous for its detailed marquetry work, which is a question, which is a word we learned about last week. Mm -hmm. Is it Japan, Italy, France, or India? Japan. Is that your final answer? Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's actually France. What? Oh, If you look at the word marquetry, it looks like a French word. Marquetry. Uh, but at the same token, like 95% of the people that you ever think of that do any kind of like tiny little pieces of wood that fit in to make a larger pattern are all doing it in Japan. Yeah, but they're Don't French expats. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, there we that's, go. That's, that's what it is. That's All true. Right. 
Uh, see there, I'm glad we had you. All right, so uh, <laughs> Braden, I was glad eight. before that we had you, but I mean, question number eight: What tool would you use to measure angles accurately in woodworking? Would it be a calipers, b a bevel gauge, c a tape measure, or d a protractor? Bevel gauge. That is correct. Very good, and I have a bevel gauge. I have you, a, you a could actually one and a, you could use a protractor, but it is not that, as that, accurate. That's, that's, right. what, that's where my guess there. was. It's like, wait a minute, protractor. I could do that with. There so. is actually a way to do it with a tape measure too. I saw some guy do it on YouTube, but anyway, okay. Is uh, it in a Home Depot parking lot? <laughs> uh, no, he's in a shop. <laughs> he also shows you how to draw a circle and an ellipse with a framing square. Huh. It's pretty cool. And a nail, a couple nails. It's pretty neat how you do it. Anyway, all right. Uh, number nine, Ross. Yep. What is the purpose of a dowel jig? Is it A, to cut dovetail joints? Is it B, to drill perfectly aligned dowel holes? C, to bend wood? Or D, to sharpen tools? A doweling jig <laughs> is used for the only answer that had the word dowel in it. B. That, that is We're correct. I'm laughing ahead of time, but <laughs> that right, was very well good. pointed. Hey, See, man, like, look, it, I can only come I up with so much stuff here. I would have got that one right in college because it's like, oh, that's the one that says dowel in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 10, uh, Colton. Which oh, wood is considered sacred in many cultures and is often used for carving? Ron Jeremy. Is it is it <laughs> uh, is it A teak, B cedar, C sandalwood, or D birch? This Good is the question. final question too. Sandalwood. That is correct. Did I get that? Boom, baby. Yes. And I think we talked about sandalwood before. Sandalwood is very yeah. prized, and like when they cut it, they catch the shavings because they make perfume out of the out of the oils in it. It's worth a lot of money. They use it in aromatherapy. They use it like tea tree oil. It's like super super potent. So sandalwood's a pretty cool wood too. All right, that so is the to, trivia. For to the add week. on to that final question, cedar also could have worked, not to the same extent, but there are a lot of cultures, especially along the northern Pacific Rim on both sides of the Pacific Ocean that use cedar for totem poles. They are yes. Inuit really? and native tribes. Yeah. Yeah, it only makes sense because they're soft and they don't rot. So mm-hmm. it's easy to carve. Very cool. I figured they would split, though. Like, once once you get so tall, though, I mean. They're also working with trees that are, like, redwood size. So. Yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. This is true. Yeah. All right, good job, guys. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. That was fun. Everyone gets sprinkles. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I so, guess my way through most of those. So, <laughs> so uh, are we ready to dive into some whiskey, or do we want to do a little more talking? Does a is a frog's ass watertight? <laughs> he asked two questions, so we don't know. I'm I'm gonna just start. The whiskey of the week. So last week the whiskey was <laughs> Braden enjoyed that one. Um, <laughs> last week the whiskey was the Wyoming whiskey uh, small batch bourbon. Colton, yeah. were you able, able to procure it and did it dandy? I was able to procure it. Uh, Braden, were you able to procure it? I was unable to. 
Hmm. Uh, ten four. Um, so I, I sent it to Brandon a few days before, just ah. to, so we could review at the same time. It's a. I figured he was a. There, there's not as much of a selection in Nebraska. I can literally name the seven stores that that sell all through the state, and they don't do huge volume. So, really, yeah. Oh man. Does it oh, have yeah. an oaky aftertaste? Uh, no. No. Does it does it make you think of rich mahogany? <laughs> Leather bound books. I'm kind I'm of out of whiskey deal. words. Those are all my whiskey words. I don't know if you know, but I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so yes, what were your thoughts so I, on the I, Wyoming whiskey? I was able to acquire it and um it did dandy, which um Honestly, at this point, whenever we say it dandies or not, we're saying if it's a whiskey worth buying again. Okay. You know, because, uh, oh, uh, Brayden, I don't know if we explained to you, but the uh, the, the Concord Dandy was a, a cocktail that me and an old roommate made up, right? And it's basically a Kentucky Mule, except it's with a, a blended scotch and you add cherry. And, um, yeah, so when we lived on Concord Hill and uh, whenever Danny Donkey's a, a cherry – Something with whiskey, and you get it. Um, so, just to clarify, cherry is in the fruit, or cherry is in the wood. Yes, <laughs> the fruit. Yes, <laughs> not fruit. Tastes like yeah. toothpicks. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I, I was able to acquire this Wyoming whiskey. Okay. And, um, the, it honestly, like off the bat, like I wasn't. A huge fan of it. Like, uh, you know, it's what, 88 proof? Yeah. And it's it's a very dark in color, which I was excited about. And then it, I don't know the words to describe it. We'll have to get together and learn more the words to describe whiskeys. But it, it just kind of hit me weird, right? But overall, though, it, it kind of reminded me of like being a, a good, good old boy out in, out in Casper, Wyoming, out in the oil patch, right? And okay. it, was, it, it was decently strong, even for being 88 proof. It still had some strong backbone, mm-hmm. but it wasn't too bright. And yeah, just that's like fair. A good old boy out there. And um, but then I made a uh, so I went back to the old fashioned this week. Did yeah. it work? It, it did. It did. It did well in it. It did. Okay. Good. It did good. Um, what would you rate it on your scale of one to ten? And so on my scale of one to ten, just like straight up, um, like an eight. That's, that's pretty low. No, that's that's higher than I expected you to give it because you had kept your like the Michter's Rye, you had kept that as like your top tier, and that was like nine point six. So for this one yeah. where you're like, it was kind of garbage on its own, for you to give it an eight when it's on its own, that surprises me. I thought you were going to say yeah. like six and a half. Well, you can still tell it's a good whiskey, right? Does that make it just, sense? Yeah. Like, you can tell it's a good whiskey when you taste it. It just hasn't that, had enough time in the barrel. Well, maybe that, yes. But uh, what, this one's like eight years in the barrel or something like that? Yeah. But the but, difference uh, is when you're when you're up in the plains of Wyoming – because I, I don't recall, but I don't think theirs is from like the Jackson Hole side of Wyoming. I think it's more from the um, Cheyenne side, which is a little bit more of a large plateau. Uh, but overall, it is a much more arid climate, 
and it is a higher altitude. However, there's not a lot of uh, definition to the topography, and so it's fairly windswept up there. And so overall, you do get a lot more of an angel share because it is a drier climate, and so it's aging a little faster, but any of the notes that would typically hang around the warehouse are getting blown away. So, Does that I was, do you think that applies to his dark, darker color? Uh, I mean, an eight-year-old whiskey is going to be pretty dark either way. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I feel like my scale might be thrown off because normally I'm just so excited to try these new whiskeys. And <laughs> I'm like, like oh, a nine, 9.2, 9.4, whatever. Uh, but, but yeah, so this is the first one that was actually like – A letdown to you? A good whiskey, in the, but just – I wouldn't order it neat at a bar. For sure. Okay. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, maybe it should have been lower. But, yeah, eight, eight's where I'm staying. So. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I'm actually going to throw you a whiskey for this week that I don't know if you can procure because I don't know the availability of it, especially down by you. But I well, have actually never tried this whiskey. Order it. Oh, okay. Sorry. I want to say um, for these whiskeys that are harder to procure, mm-hmm. like sometimes you can still buy them online and they'll yes. ship to Texas. Right, just so, like that seltzer guy can still ship me his seltzers, yeah. even though they're not distributed in Texas. Um, so, right after this, um, our I don't want to call it a meeting after our podcast. Yeah, I'll <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll after show. Yeah, I'll up online try to buy it. So sorry, Ross. So the going. the brand is called Black Whiskey, and it is the uh, most highly rated South American whiskey there is. And it is from the Andes Mountains in Peru. And overall, it is unbelievably highly rated. But Peru is also very, very high in elevation. So I don't know what that does overall to the aging properties. I don't know where what the South American whiskey flavor profile is. I don't know that I've ever had one. So this is one that both of us are going to try and procure. And uh, yeah, so... Let's give it a shot. Brayden, you in on it too? You get one? I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> hey, you know what? If if I am able to get it before I leave for Maker Camp on Thursday, I'll bring it. I was going to say, and see if you can get it in like two days. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'll bring it. I'll bring that. You know what? And then we'll have a million reviews on this whiskey. Love it. Love it. Oh, we could probably great. get it like a gas station up there. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I tend to find the the finest of Peruvian whiskeys are definitely sold at convenience stores in upstate New York. Yeah, it's like yep. slushy, and then mm-hmm. you know. Uh, oh yeah, it's, it's supposed to be convenient. It's in the name. Oh, that's yeah. true. Oh yeah. yeah, this is true. Peruvian. That reminds me. Uh, early on in our woodworking, we made a um, a charcuterie board. Actually, we at our mill we found a piece of uh, Peruvian walnut. Super black. Peruvian wall. Yeah, no, no. mahogany or, or No, walnut. Peruvian walnut is super, yeah. super dark. It was super dark, yes. Yeah. And um and we uh we made into a charcuterie board like we we're talking about, and everyone wanted it. And uh, I had to tell a lot of people, I was like, Well, I, I mean, I can't find that exact wood again, but we can give you some the, the exact same thing in different color. <laughs> different color. I actually wood. I actually in my early early on in my woodworking career was doing a lot of um, brickwork style cutting boards out of Peruvian black walnut and uh, white maple 
and it, the contrast between him having the bricks be the the black walnut and then the the mortar if you will being the maple it worked super super well oh you you made a board like that dude if you look oh, at my dude. website Take a look at, at my stuff. There's a ton of stuff on there. Dude, I've, I've all definitely kinds of seen things. your website. Maybe I've seen it then. But, I mean, it's not oh, – I'll check it out for sure. I'll check yeah. it out for sure. Awesome. Yep. Hey, Brayden, I got I got two questions left for you, brother. All right. So, first off um, – No, you cannot get a free subscription to my OnlyFans. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody's got to pay. Well, That's I fair. only have one question for you then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Uh, I was going to say – First off, where can we find you, man? Like, yeah. uh, h- how do we locate you uh, for people listening? Uh, so I interact mostly on Instagram. So you can find me at, at Little Bug Woodworking on Instagram. Uh, you can find my podcast at Sawdust underscore, underscore talk, uh, or just go to my page and you can follow the links there. And then you can also find it on all of your favorite uh podcast apps i like it yeah all right so second question what are you sipping on there brother i have a mix of iced water and caffeine free diet pepsi very well do you remember crystal clear i I do i wish i didn't but i do it was it was not good no (laughs) no it was not uh, I actually, about three or four years ago, happened to be in a grocery store. Uh, it was a Schnooks. If they have, I believe they have those in Omaha. Um, a Schnooks? Schnooks. They're based out I of Missouri. Mean- I thought they had gotten up into the Nebraska territory. But anyway, I was in a store in Nebraska and or in uh, Missouri, and they actually had a stack. And I'm talking like 25 cases of of Crystal Clear Pepsi. And they were like $1.37 a bottle. And they... They weren't selling fast, but they were there. So, yep. Very well. Yep. So I think it's time for a little bit of a nugget. So the question is, Braden, would you like to kick it off? A little bit of information that you would either give to all the young woodworkers out there or to uh, if you were starting out and you had all the knowledge you had now, what would be one of the things you tell yourself? And if you need a second, don't, one of us can go too. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm hyping myself up for like the motivational speed, like the remember the Titans moment. It's yep. probably going to be a letdown. But mm-hmm. more like a TED talk. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the biggest piece of advice that I try and give to everybody is just don't be scared. Just, just do it. So many people get into woodworking and this isn't, this isn't novel advice. Tons of people say it, but so many people get into making, just creating, and they're so worried about doing it right that they, it's almost like, it's like analysis paralysis. Like people stop themselves from creating because they're so worried that they're not going to create it right. And end of the day, what we're doing here is, you know, a lot of it's very technical cabinet building is you can't really be an artist building a box, that sort of thing. Um, you can after, but basic shapes, but like charcuterie boards and furniture and it, heck, even on the CNC stuff that we're doing, it's art. It doesn't have to be perfect. So just, just start, like, just do it. What's the worst that happens? You've got to buy a little bit more wood. Like you'll be fine. It's the it's worst good. that goes wrong. I like it. 
Dude, that that hits home, baby. Nike says to just do it too. That's right. It's good. If it's good enough for Nike, it's it's got to right. be good enough for a woodworker. Planned Parenthood does not say just do it though. They have a different no, model. No, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, just don't do it. Yeah. Um, oh, so, man. Jess, you want to take it from there? Uh, I would go along kind of with the same thing that he said. I would say on the next step after you've started, just keep moving forward. If things go wrong and things don't go right, just keep moving forward. If you can't figure it out, keep trying to figure it out. Like just every time you do something, you know, I could have done this a little bit better this way and do it like that way the next time. And just keep moving forward because as long as you can look back, you're going to see progress. You just can't see the forest for the trees at the time. And just keep moving forward um, because you will get better. You'll get more precise. You'll learn new things all the time. Always be learning with it, and um, and you'll do fine. Yeah, I like it. You'll grow from there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically, if it's functional and it's not going to collapse and hurt anybody, then it's a good workpiece. Yeah, yep. it, it, it's a good job, in my opinion. Yep. yep. Heck yeah. How about you, Colton? So I got one a lot less emotional. Okay. Uh, Yeah, a little more skin deep, I guess. Um, Does that do a super glue again? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, no. This one's um, one thing that's helped me a lot, like in a bind. Um, So I went on Amazon, and I bought a large, like assorted mix of nuts, bolts, and screws. Okay. Right? And um, it comes really compact. It's awesome. It has like three layers to it. It looks like a tackle box, right? Like a tackle box with like really tiny, tiny little tackle boxes. But um, it has all these assorted sizes of um, like like standard like nut sizes, nuts, bolts, screws, um, and then like metric, and then um, and then it has the same thing in like wood screws, and like. I don't know. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been running, like, especially an old tool, and, like, a little bolt will, like, r- run out, and I lose it, right? And then I'm trying to fix this tool, and I need that size bolt, and then I'll go to my, my little assorted mix. And um, I think it co- it cost me less than 50 bucks on Amazon. And okay. I've used the heck out of it, and it's been awesome. So Awesome. My nugget. My nugget is actually uh, getting back to the deeper side of things, uh, diving back into the pool, and it is to maintain your credibility as a a business and as a person. Uh, I ended the saga of the door this weekend, (laughs) and I I went to the customer's house, and I had had another conversation with the customer this week. And they screamed at me, screamed at me over the phone. And when I showed up in person, I said, hey, I have your door. Would you like me to leave it here? Or would you like me to go install it? And they were like, oh, uh, I, I guess if, if it won't take too long, you can install it. It took me 30 seconds to rehang the door because I left the hinges back on. And I said, you know, I'm sorry. You know, my work didn't stand up to your, your standards, but uh uh, I hope we can move forward from here. And they were like, all right, well, cool. And like very amenable in, in person. But then yeah. literally from that drop off, I went and delivered those two stadium um, card caddy things. And initially I was going to charge the customer like uh, 75 to 80 bucks. 
And I was like, hey, I didn't end up having to buy any uh, any lumber. Everything was out of scrap, so I'm not going to charge you. You've already spent enough money with me. And he was like, no, no, not a chance. And he peeled off more money than I was going to give or charge him anyway. And so he was super happy. And I was able to maintain the professionalism and the credibility with both sets of customers, whether they were happy with my product or not. You know, I wasn't left or I didn't leave them with a bad taste in their mouth. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and both of them are going to remember you forever, you know? Yes. Whether good or bad, right. they will remember me forever. Yes. <laughs> exactly, right? oh. so. you, can't, you can't forget Ross. No. Yeah. <laughs> I the, make sure the, of that. The death rattle will just be Ross. <laughs> I saw I saw someone the other day on uh, probably like Instagram Live or something like that. And they had a sod business, and they had laid sod in this lady's yard. And the lady was a total Karen and wouldn't pay them the other half. And they were ripping the sod up. Yep. And and I thought to myself, that's not professional. Like, everybody else that's going to see that, like, in the state of Florida, that's illegal. Once it's in their house or their yard, you're now stealing or destruction. Of pro- it doesn't matter if they paid the other half the bill. You have to take them to civil claims court. So, like, if I lay tile in your house and you're sick, well, I'm not going to pay you, I can't take the tile back up. It doesn't work that way. Huh. Um, they, they can call the cops. Now, I don't know where she was at, um, but it, I don't know. I, I wasn't here, I'm sure, but it's, it's very legal. You can't do that because we always used to say that. If somebody wasn't going to pay you, just go rip the stucco back off the wall or whatever, <laughs> and you can't. You can't do that because it becomes theirs because it's on their property now, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I see, take that, I see small that on social media all the time. Like, you can put them on like, a lien. You can put a lien against their house. You can put a lien against their house if you gave them a, a thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, it is always important to maintain uh, professionalism, even if the customer is 100% wrong, because you know you never know what they're going to say to somebody else. Correct. And, and just bad bad things bring bad things. So Correct. Uh, you, you did good, Ross. Thank you. You did really good. So, uh, before we forget, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate the snaps. Uh, first and foremost, Braden, thank you for coming on today. Hope you enjoyed it. And, and once again, we would love to have you back any other time you'd like to join. So after you try the whiskey and you want to give us a review, whatever, whatever you're feeling, come on back. Perfect. I'll be, uh, I'll be back next week. Excellent. Oh, perfect. Yeah, great. There we go. <laughs> Anything else we want to cover boys? No. Well, all right. Good for this week. That sums it up for me, man. Well, then, to all the guests out there, be sure to smash that like and subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and we hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. If you didn't, please send all your complaints to our old-timey Western legal representation at Ye Old Legal Firm Brothel and General Store, where their motto is, at least we don't have dysentery. For Jess, <laughs> Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast, and we will catch you guys all next time. See ya. Bye.